the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As much as I'd like to think I would have passed the test of faith that confronted Noah, I'm not so sure I would have. Join us today as Pastor Rander explains how daunting the task God presented to Noah was and how much faith it took to execute God's plan in this message, Noah, a man of faith. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. I mean, God, God, God feeds you. He protects you. He provides. When your enemies plotting and strategizing, trying, trying to keep back, hold you back, keep you from getting what God wants you to get. God overrules and bless you anyhow. And they think they're trying to hurt you, but they end up blessing you while they're trying to hurt you. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup runneth over. When you walk with God, that favor causes your cup to run over. Surely goodness and mercy, what? Shall follow all the days of my life. You have God's presence, my friend. Ooh, this is so good this morning. My, Noah had God's protection because God protected him from the enemy and satanic distractions as he built the ark. And God did not allow the flood to come until Noah and his family were safely in the ark. E, Noah had God's power. Noah had God's what? Power. Yeah. For he was over 500 years old when he built the ark. Think about that. He was over 500 years old when he built the ark. Can you imagine this old man, old man Noah, climbing on the scaffold, swinging a hammer, as he worked day and night in the ark, you know, for over 120 years, surely Noah had favor from God. Can that be said of you? Some of y'all said, I'm old and I'm tired. Stop saying you old and tired. Don't sit back in your lazy chair. There's too much hell around here for you to be coasting your way to glory. He was 500 years old building. Ooh, ooh. Saw it, saw it. Climbing, reaching, boards, angles, and all of these things. And the older he got, looked like the stronger he became. He had God's strength. The older you get, the more powerful you should be. The worst thing you can have is an old, spiritually weak, cantankerous, grouchy person. <laughs> you run everybody away. But, 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 but Noah was strong physically, and he was strong spiritually. 
because he had favor from God, which means that he had the power of God in his life. Then, my friends, Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he lived righteously before the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he lived what? Righteously before the Lord. Genesis 7, 1 says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Listen, if you want, if you want to be blessed, you got to live righteous, okay? And you, and you say, well, Lord, bless me. Stop saying, Lord, bless me, if you are not living in such a way that the Lord can bless you. God is not going to bless your mess. He's not going to bless your secret sins. He's not going to bless you while you're on pornography. He's not going to bless you while you're gambling. He's not going to bless you while you're homemongering, lying, stealing on your taxes. It's about tax time and all these things. He's not going to bless you while you won't tithe. You're robbing God and you give God leftovers and then you expect God to bless you. God blesses the righteous, my friend. He blesses the righteous. He was a righteous man before the Lord. And what we need is saints who are righteous. Uh, th- th- thirdly, this is down here. Uh, thirdly, Noah was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. Hebrews eleven seven says, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Now you look at that. Look at move with godly fear, prepared an ark. Look, by faith Noah being divinely warned by God of things not seen. What he, what had he not seen? Never seen rain. Can you imagine that? Never seen rain. Nor and even though he had never seen all of this, Noah obeyed God promptly without hesitations without hesitation or doubt when instructed to build the ark of God. He didn't say, okay, God, I get to it by 10 years later. He promptly obeyed God without hesitation or doubt when instructed by God to build the ark. Genesis 6.22 says, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Whatever God tells you to do, do it promptly. That's right. God calling you to respond to this message today? Respond now. God tells you to, 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 to move, move. God tells you to be still, be still. Whatever God tells you to do, do it immediately. Nor obeyed God without asking questions. He, he obeyed God without having reservations or having to understand everything. That's why some churches don't get much done. And, and, and they just get stagnant because they can't see. Well, you're not supposed to see everything. That's where your faith kick in. I don't understand. We never did that before. I don't know what Pastor Draper doing down that church. Every time we get out of something, he's starting something else. Listen, nor obey God without asking questions, having reservations, or having to understand everything. If we were in Noah's shoes... I believe we would have asked questions like this. How will all the animals fit in that ark? 
Will the ark be big enough? Will our food supply last? Can't you see yourself asking those questions at some business meeting? Will there be enough water to drink? Where is the ventilation with all the animals on board and all the manure? Uh, what do you do with all, with all that human excrement? What do you do with all of that stuff? You know, God didn't, God didn't give him every answer to everything. He just, ble- he just believed God and kept progressing. He didn't have the answers. He just kept going and knew if God told him, he was, God was God enough to work it out. Okay? If God told me to do it, I'm going to move even though I don't understand because my God is able to work out the details. Noah asked none of these questions. He simply obeyed God by faith and he left the consequences to God. Genesis 7, 5 says, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him to do. And I don't see anywhere in this passage where Noah was posing a series of questions to God. Okay. Fourthly, like his grandfather Enoch, Noah walked with God and was blameless. Uh, This does not mean that Noah was sinless. We'll see that later on. The man had a sin nature. Uh, It doesn't mean he was sinless, but rather when we say he's blameless, he was a man of integrity. God blessed him because he possessed a righteous character. God blessed him because he lived in purity in the midst of a perverted and wicked generation. Genesis 5.24 says, and Noah walked with God. He lived with God. He communed with God. He fellowshiped with God. It says Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked with God until he walked on up to heaven, was translated. How beautiful. The scripture says in Genesis 6, 9b, Noah walked with God. His great-grandfather walked with God, Enoch, and in this passage, Noah walked with God. Parents, hand down your faith. Hand down your faith. Do whatever you can to impact your children so that they will learn to walk with God. So when you die, uh, that godly posterity will continue. You pray on your children. It doesn't matter. Uh, listen, your, your children never outgrow prayer. When they get off your lap, they own your heart. You say, well, ooh, good night. They're good riddance. They're out the house. Oh, that's when you really need to pray. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're into. You don't know the decisions they're making. But oh, if you put something in them, you put God in them, you taught them, and you gave them the best you had. Even should they stray, they got something to come back to because you gave them a spiritual legacy upon which to build. I could see old man Enoch passing it on down until Noah caught the vision of walking with God. Number five, God instructed Noah to build the ark with gopher wood. Say gopher wood. Some of y'all said, I never said that word before. Gopher wood. Which was, this kind of wood was a strong, durable, sturdy wood that was available during the time of Noah. You know, it wasn't any, now he couldn't just go get any kind of little flimsy something. He had to get the right material that the way God instructed. God also told Noah to cover the inside and out of the ark with what? Pitch. 
They said, what is pitch? I don't know. But maybe it's this. Maybe it was some kind of waterproof substance used to keep the water from penetrating the ark. That's what I see it as. Yeah. Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 through 15, and verse 22 says, Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark. I wish I had some of that wood in my house. You know, the termites can't get through that. (laughs) Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside out with pitch. And, and this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So another question I pose to you today, what is a cubit? <laughs> I don't know. You say, what do you know? I'm just... Putting it together, Lord, give me as best I can. A cubit, according to my study, is an ancient unit of measurement. The length of the forearm from the elbow to the longest finger. Elbow to the longest finger. Elbow to the longest finger is about a cubit. Cubit comes from the Latin word cubitum. C-U-B-I-T-U-M, which means elbow. Most Bible scholars believe the biblical cubit to have been about 18 inches. In other words, the ark that Noah built, listen to this, according to the cubit, was about 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. It was shaped like a huge box, and the volume of space in the ark was approximately 1.4 million cubic feet. It had three decks, one window, and one door. You know, it wasn't a tourist scene. He didn't put windows all the way around, okay? I got to see. No, 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 no. No, one window, it wasn't, it wasn't a glass boat. Wasn't a glass, that thing would have shattered. It was, what, 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 look, one window. One window. One window right there. He put it on the, on the side, okay? 1.4 million cubic feet. It had three decks, one window, and not two doors, but one door. It was designed to float on the water. This boat did not have a, this, this ark did not have a motor. All right. You didn't have to put coal or some kind of um, energy in it to help it go. <laughs> and guess what else it didn't have? Oh, God, help me here. It, it didn't have a rudder. <laughs> now, when you step on those cruise ships, that captain, whoever he is, he's got a rudder and he's turning that big old ship moving and steer. And they still have a way of running into stuff. <laughs> you know, sinking the whole ship. The Titanic had a rudder, and all those folk, folk died. But there, here was a boat with no rudder. Uh, no, Noah didn't get behind a rudder and guided the, 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 the ark. No, 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 no rudder. <laughs> he said, build it, no rudder, no energy. You just go in, sit down, feed the animals, 
feed yourself and wait on God. <laughs> I, you, know, you know why he didn't need a rod up? Because God was going to guide that off. <laughs> God was going to guide that And then when the water raised, it didn't have to do nothing but just float on top. It wasn't, you know, by the way, it wasn't a submarine either. Wasn't a submarine. It didn't go under and then back up under. I, I, higher the water rose, that boat just kept on rising. And that boat, all it had, it, it was just on the water, just moving. You know what? And God stabilized the folk and the animals on there. Now you need your drama mean. That thing was reeling and rocking. Nobody got sick. Nobody was throwing up. You know why? God controlled the dynamic of balance in the ark. Oh my, it's a good night. There's so much in this thing. It didn't have any of that. Nor built the ark by God's divine blueprint from heaven. Blueprint from heaven. And, and I'm so glad God, Noah back then didn't have to get a building permit. <laughs> they wouldn't have given it to him. He didn't check in with man. God said, just build it and leave the Christmas to me. He didn't check in with the town officials. He didn't meet somebody at the gate where transactions were often done during that time. He just started building and didn't ask anybody for permission to do anything. Number six, Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he was a preacher of righteousness. He was not only a righteous man. But, but, but he had a righteous message. He was warning the ungodly of God's intimate judgment to come. Second Peter 2, 5 says, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Now, let me tell you something now. Noah was a preacher of righteousness in a spiritually dead land, like America's dead today, in which he preached for 120 years. Say 120 years. That's a long time to be preaching. Folk were responding. They were rebellious. They were cantankerous. They mocked him. He may not have appeared to be successful from the world's perspective because only his family got into the ark with him after 120 years of preaching. Only he, the animals, and his family. However, Noah was successful. He, he may not have been successful from the world's perspective. Poor Noah didn't get one convert. Nobody discipled. Nobody listened. Year in, year out, just hard people. And yet he was successful, successful from God's perspective in that he obeyed God and remained faithful to him in the midst of a perverted and wicked generation. Now, I want to tell you something. Even in ministry today, so many saints look at success as big buildings. People look at success as having a whole lot of money, large congregations, big budget, a huge reputation. How many baptisms did you have? How many people were added to the church? If you didn't get 100 members added this year, perhaps you did, you, you're in regression. What's going on here? We need to check you out. We declining. Nor had none of this. 
And yet God was pleased with him and blessed him because he was in the will of God. You can be in the will of God and be successful from God's perspective, but not from the world's perspective. Let me give you a few points of summary and then we'll be done. Uh, Summary. Number one, as we conclude, no matter how turbulent, stormy, or how wicked America becomes, America is wicked, y'all. We can have rest and peace from abiding in Christ. It doesn't matter how wicked America gets, how fiendish and how spiritually sick America gets. We, in the midst of all this wickedness, can have peace from abiding in Christ. As Noah had rest and peace in the ark, we too can have rest and peace in Christ, who is our divine ark and place of refuge. All right? In the midst of this turbulence and this wickedness, we can rest in Christ, who is our divine ark and is our place of refuge. First John 2.28 says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Not be ashamed because we live righteously. Number two, the darker and more wicked this world becomes, the more vibrant and intimate our relationship with Jesus Christ should be, and the brighter the light of Christ should shine through us. The darker America becomes, uh, the darker uh, the world becomes, the more vibrant and, and intimate our relationship with Jesus should be, and the brighter the light of Christ should shine through us. This is no time for your light to be flickering. Matthew 5, 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Number three, the judgment of God is sure to come upon those who procrastinate, rebel, and reject the invitation to receive Christ. The judgment of God is sure to come upon those who procrastinate, rebel, and reject the invitation to receive Christ. Not only is God the God of salvation, he's also the God of judgment. The day of judgment is just as real as the day of salvation. Just as judgment came upon the wicked generation of Noah's day, there is an imminent judgment coming to America and the whole world. My friend, judgment day is coming. When you see all the abortions, when you see crime, and when you see brutality, when you see all the stuff that's happening, all the unsolved murder cases, and on and on it goes. Listen, the, the, the holiness of God uh, calls for a day of vindication. Matthew 24, 36 through 39 says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days, look, look, look how Jesus referenced this. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, see how Jesus referenced the flood? They were doing what? Eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, verse 39, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. 
so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. When Jesus comes, people are going to be eating, drinking, marrying. And a lot of them not getting married. They're going to be shacking. That's right. That's right. You've got all kinds of strange relationships and open marriages and prenuptial agreements and all of that. Many, of, many people are not marrying or giving in marrying nowadays. And all of a sudden, the Son of Man will come. Finally, but not the least, as Noah preached, he called people to repent and respond to God's message of salvation. As Noah preached, he called people to what? Repent and respond to God's message of salvation. I stand here today as God's messenger to tell you to accept the gospel of Christ right now and receive his mercy. Accept the gospel of Christ right now and receive his grace. Accept the gospel of Christ right now and see forgiveness, my friends, lest you die in your sins. John 3, 16, 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 6.2. It also says, For he says, In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Noah kept preaching. It's going to rain. Get right. Repent. Ha, 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 ha. Crazy man. He kept preaching, kept hammering, kept hammering. And then we're going to see later on where that door was open. And we're going to see... They had the invitation to come in, and they refused. And, God, and then God said, okay. And God closed the door. And we're going to see next time, when God closed the door, the, the scripture says, the Lord shut them in. And I want to talk about that. When the Lord shut you in and shut them out. And all God's children said, Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.